0: Welcome to Is This Good?, the show where we boldly, conclusively, and scientifically decide what things in this big, wide world are good. I'm Matt Austin, and with me, as always, is production powerhouse Jason Doyle. Hello. Hi, JD. Lovely to have you with us today. And our guest is the author of three books, including the forthcoming Prehistoric, which chronicles the early days of the Toronto Raptors. He's a writer with bylines in GQ, The Atlantic, The New York Times. He's a producer and co-host of The Raptor Show with Will Lou on Sportsnet. And thanks to a feature he wrote, I learned my old Hot Wheels cars are worth millions, J.D., Wow. He's Steven LeBron on
1: Twitter, but in real life, it's Alex Wong. Alex, welcome to Is This Good? Hey, what's going on, man? Pleasure is all mine. Like I told you guys before we started rolling, super excited. Love the concept of this podcast, so excited to dive into it today. Good. We love when our guests
0: compliment us off the top. That means that we can just say, um, all right, join us next week and uh, and keep moving. I, I, was, um, I was joking, but I was actually really interested in that Hot Wheels article you wrote because... I mean, I guess I should have just assumed people will collect anything. Um, But do you think my old Hot Wheels, which I did have a ton of in a very cool carrying case, uh, most of them are from, I would say, 1987 to 1989. Do you think I should go to North Carolina, visit my good-for-nothing nephews who didn't give a shit when I gave them to them? And take them back and sell them
1: yeah no i think i think you and anyone else who who thinks they collected anything growing up should should go see their good for nothing nephews wherever they're located <laughs> in the world because it seems like now you talk about hot wheels you talk about i don't know sports cards you you think about just a general trend of vintage everything old is valuable again like i've been thinking about digging very deep into my parents' basement to just find my old CDs that I used to collect back in the day. Or like DVDs, like these things sound so like, you know, out of trend now. But I don't know, I feel like everything that we had growing up in the 80s and 90s is just coming back around again. So that's a, that's a long way of, of, for me to tell you yes.
0: Yeah, CDs are selling. I don't know if you're like, now that's what I call music volume four. <laughs> uh, or, or let me give you a, a Canadian... Throwback a big shiny tunes. Exactly. Do you ever have any Ooh, big no, shiny no, tunes? No, I love
1: those. You know, I was a big hip hop guy growing up, and, and you know, it's funny because, like, De La Soul recently, that was the biggest news that there's, mm-hmm. their, you know, their catalog is finally on streaming, and it's so funny. And I'm, I guess, on every podcast, I end up talking about how I drive a 2001 Honda Civic, but, like, I still drive an 01 Honda Civic with a CD player, and, like, I actually didn't understand what the excitement was that everybody was about the streaming because I still play their CDs in the car, and I've been doing that for, like, right. the last 20 years. Um, so, you know, cds have always been in uh, at least uh you know in in my sphere so wait are, are you the only owner of this 2001 honda civic <laughs> yeah so so i guess the the origin story of this civic is this is the first car that i got that my parents graciously bought for me in high school And, you know, it was passed, it was, I guess it was passed along to my mom at some point, and then my mom got a new car, and then um, now it's been passed back down to me. I always joke that the next time it breaks down, I'm just going to leave it on the DVP in Toronto, and my mom always freaks out, so um, I'm not going to do that, but, you know, actually, I'm not sure. I might just check the Uber and just get out of there, yeah, because there's no value left in that car, yeah. Oh, the, Except the most, for the de Last yeah, I was uh, gonna CD. say
0: that um, <laughs> three feet high and rising. Even though it's on streaming now, it, like the CD version is super valuable because all the samples aren't even on the um, the streaming version. That's so. right.
1: I was actually having this exact conversation yesterday with a friend who was telling me about how I guess because of the sampling and the clearing rights, because back then it was kind of like the Wild West, right? Like like in the late '80s type they were just you know prince paul was just sampling everything and didn't care about clearances and stuff so yeah if you ever see a honda civic um just on the side of the dvp go in grab sound bombing one the first red man album and de la soul i think that's the rotation right now yeah.
0: i want to talk prehistoric so this is your book that's coming out first of all uh well i should say it's about the inaugural season of the toronto raptors and um Sort of the effect that the team has had on the city so first of all when's it coming out and is, is there like a general thesis to the book
1: yeah you know i'm super excited about uh this book that i worked on the last couple of years it's currently slated for an october 24th release um you know for, for me you know having grown up in toronto you know originally born in hong kong but moved here in toronto Um, In 92, you know, I've been a basketball fan growing up, you know, you hear about the dream team You hear about Michael Jordan and the Bulls, but of course it's very different I think a lot of kids can relate when your own hometown or the, you know, the town that you live in gets its own team So like I've had these bits and pieces of memories about the Raptors growing up, you know Obviously people talked a lot about their name, their logo, you know Talked a lot about, oh, what those early years were like at the Sky Dome, you know The one time that they beat the 72 and 10 Bulls Um, So for me, this was kind of uh, my most professional personal project in terms of uh, in terms of putting together a book like i really wanted to go back and really tap into talking to people who are involved in the organization the players and everyone involved in that first year and really pull all of those stories together and you know i think The overall thematic thing that came out of this was like a lot of these players from the first year you know people might remember the damon stoudemire's you know tracy murray Jean tabak like all these players i was able to track a lot of them down and talk to a lot of people even in the front office and working in the different like marketing department game ops department original members of the dance pack all of these people still keep in touch and they have reunions every couple of years and like for me like the thing that came out of it was just there's just a special bond when you start something from the ground up and that was the that was really something that really resonated with me by interviewing all these people in the book and recognizing that hey you might look at that first year of the raptors team they won like what, 20 games, 21 games, uh, but but to me, it was, it was, it was, there's more to it than that than that story. It's about this group of people who came from these different places uh, together to kind of really help build and lay the groundwork for for, for what the Raptors ended up becoming and, and who they still are today. Sounds
0: great. I'm sure. I'm sure you'll be back on No Dunks to talk about that when it comes.
1: Yeah, yeah. You era. know, I, I actually yeah. just list. I actually did that off the top of my head. I, I gotta, you know, you know, I, you know, I gotta say, I'm pretty proud of myself for doing that because, like, I'm definitely not in book promo mode yet. Uh, I cannot wait uh-huh. to be on um, book promo mode and just recite all of that on every single podcast just to make my publisher happy.
2: Yeah. I've already got you slated in October 23rd. <laughs>
1: I'm okay, <laughs> well,
0: let's let's prepare you for for uh, for book promo season. I have a feeling the number one question you're going to get is, "Did you interview Drake?"
1: Oh yeah, no. So so because the book is so condensed in this like time capsule of like really going back to that period between like '93 when the NBA announced that they're you know they're awarding a franchise to Toronto. And going through all the way to the inaugural season, I didn't get a chance to interview Drake. But good thing, I got good PR here, I'm ready. You know, one of the best Uh interviews I was able to get was I actually got to talk to Samuel Jackson, who was a fan during the first season because he was filming Long Kiss Goodnight in Toronto, had a relationship with Isaiah Thomas, who was a general manager at the time. So that was probably one of the most fun interviews. Like, I want to say the players... And the people involved in the organization—they definitely gave me more in-depth stuff, really personal stories. But in terms of a name drop, I think I'll be—I'll be rolling out the Samuel L. Jackson name drop all throughout the promo tour.
0: I, I didn't really know that Samuel Jackson was that connected to the Raptors, but yeah, I there guess we that's go. Why they, I, they, uh... I, yeah, I
1: get so excited when people say they didn't know or didn't know this bits and pieces because I really think. There's a lot of cool stories in there uh, that people are going to find out. And the funniest thing if I, I could just say this really quickly about, about Samuel Jackson is obviously A-list actor, you go through the publicist you know, my, my friend Elaine Kwan helped me set that up. You know you, you know when you get like a calendar invite, like you know, for a Zoom mm-hmm. for a podcast, usually it's a little half hour, you know, block off a half hour. I was given a five minute block on his calendar. The calendar invite <laughs> was 2pm two, two to 2.05pm Like you don't oh, Understand Never. how thin God. that – that was the thin blue line, man. You guys can't believe it. And I ended up keeping him for eight minutes, which, uh, you know, that's uh, – that, <laughs> wow. I, I did very well. So I... He must have been really having a great time. <laughs> yeah. and then the funniest thing is, like, he picked up the phone. I'm like, yo, Sam, big fan. He's like, yeah, I heard that before, man. Let's get this movie.
0: <laughs> oh, man, no time for pleasantries with Samuel Jackson. Wow, that's – that's crazy. Do you think they'll they'll um, retire his Kangol hat to the Raptors? No.
1: Uh, listen, man. Of the I, arena, I think the Raptors have been clowned for for having like they have an inaugural season banner there, which I'm not gonna disrespect during my book promo tour. Um, and mm-hmm. I think I think they have like a Bon Jovi, some kind of Bon Jovi banner yes, that was there before they do, yeah. as well. So all of that is interesting. And it's funny you talk about Samuel, so I mean, well, it ties back to at the beginning. You're talking about Hot Wheels. And like collecting so like I mentioned my friend Elaine is actually she worked with the Raptors um, during that first year in community relations and like has kept a friendship with Sam like last time she traveled to New York you know she went to see uh, Samuel Jackson I think it was doing a Broadway or off-Broadway play and like I was she was like yo you should give me something that I can like get Sam to like sign so like speaking of like collecting stuff so like I actually could have driven home and gotten either like the Jackie Brown DVD that I have, I could have gone to some DVD, used DVD store, found Snakes on a Plane or something like that, and gotten it signed, but on a Sunday, when I was giving just like a half day notice, I was too lazy and passed up on the opportunity. So I, I guess that's my question to you guys: uh, Was that good? Yeah, that I passed <laughs> up on that opportunity. I kind of regret I just, it. Now.
0: I just, I just, I just like that you have DVDs. This guy loves physical media, JD. <laughs> you guys don't understand. It if, it. You guys don't understand. If, if it's circular and yeah. has a hole in it, <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's probably he probably loves bagels. Uh, I might be a hoarder.
1: <laughs> I might be a hoarder. This, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Uh, it's nice.
0: Samuel Jackson and Elaine must have some, some lovely in-depth conversations at their nine-minute dinners. That they <laughs> <laughs> I love how you can only meet up with Sam eight minutes at a time. <laughs> eight minutes at yeah. a time. Uh, all right. So some quick housekeeping. Uh, please join our Patreon. You know why? Because if you do, you'll be able to hear the full show, and you'll get other fun bonuses and exclusives. Thanks to everyone that's signed up so far. Uh, if you don't want to miss out, go to patreon.com slash and be part of the
2: Peahounds. JD, that's the new name I'm calling our Patreon subscribers. Oh, okay. what, do you, what do you think of that? Well, uh, I love it. I used to be uh, known as a bit of a Peahound in my day, so, uh-huh. uh, so I'm into it. Yeah, come be a Peahound. <laughs> uh,
0: if you have questions about the Patreon or want to send me topics for a future show, hit me up at isthisgoodpod at gmail.com. Could always use some good topics. And don't forget to subscribe on YouTube and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Alex, the premise of the show is very simple. It's also genius. Those are not my words. Those are your <laughs> words. Uh, I'm going to give you a topic and you're going to tell me if it's good. All right, here we go. Betty N. asks, asking a stranger at the coffee shop to watch your stuff when you go to the bathroom. Is this good? So this situation we've all been in and I, and you can tell me, I don't know, where do you write? As I said, you've written three books. Do you Do you write at the coffee shop at all?
1: You know, Pre-pandemic, I probably did. That was part of my routine. Um, you know, n- n- not to be dark about it, but I feel like the last couple of years, all the writing has just been done in my room. And if you want to get specific, mostly usually at my bed as well, not even at my desk. Um, but yes, I am aware of this situation with, um, you know, when, when you're out, you know, people have got their laptop, they're out at the coffee shop for the entire day and, 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 and someone will come up inevitably and be like, hey, just heading to the bathroom, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, can you wash my stuff, right? So so this mm-hmm. is a promise. but I I do have a few questions though. Um is so is it good from the perspective of the person that's asking or the person that's being asked?
2: Yes. That well, was a great question. I think we have
0: to as we do here we got to attack it from all angles. We got to
1: break <laughs> it down. That's to the right. point
0: where someone listening, I was like, oh, yeah. I had, at the start, you want them to go, well, I have some questions about this. And then at the end, I want them to say, I never want to hear about this. Yeah, 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 yeah no, no. Because no. They've, <laughs> they've taken it apart so thoroughly. I should just say Betty, um, in in her email, added, should I ask someone I don't know to watch my things? Should I, Or should I leave my stuff and hope no one touches it? Or should I pack everything up, go to the bathroom, and then unpack it? The, to me, those do seem like the three options. So first, let's tackle it from... You just had uh, oh well, you're in, you're in Toronto, so you just had uh, a medium Tim Hortons, mm. and it just went right through you. Oh, he's he's got if you're listening, Literally he's got it. one in his hands. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, such a cliche, but that's fine. Um,
2: it's got a toque on the top of his head and a Timmy's in a cocktail. Yeah, I'm, right act, next I'm actually him.
1: recording from Sneaky D's right now as well. Yeah, so. He's got
2: Whatever. he's got to plate of king's crown nachos
0: in front of him. Um, yeah. So what what do you do in that situation? Do you ask someone? You, do know, you pack it all up, or do you just trust the good of the people and leave it there unattended?
1: No. Number one, never trust the good of the people, and that's I think where I want to start. You know, for me personally, like I, I've always since growing up just had a fear that if I leave anything un- unattended in public, like mm-hmm. even for a minute, mm-hmm. for two minutes, that it's it's gonna get, something bad is going to happen. Um, and that mm-hmm. might just be like some kind of wild like catastrophe type thinking because nothing like that has ever happened to me. But for me, it's like, you think about when you're at a coffee shop, what is the most common item that's gonna be there? It's probably gonna be a laptop, probably gonna be an Apple MacBook. I know those things are very valuable. You know, I think even if you're just taking a quick washroom break, you know, it, you know being able to just rely on somebody that is sitting next to you, being able to ask that question and rely on them and trust them to, to watch that for, for uh, a three to five minute period. You know, I, I think that is something that, that you should definitely do versus just getting up and leaving anything, anything uh, unattended. So that's what I'm going with from that perspective.
0: Okay, well then maybe turn it around. So let's say I have to pee and then I... I look around. So, first of all, when you when you do this, do you look around the shop and try to evaluate who might be a good candidate (laughs) and what what makes a good candidate to watch your stuff?
1: You know, for me, for me, you know, I feel like I feel like a coffee shop is a pretty trustworthy uh, environment. You know, where we're I feel like anybody that's there, you know, spending half the day there working. You know, we've we've got the same you know same kind of mindset mentality, and we've probably been on both sides of this situation before. So, uh, Mm -hmm. so I think it's a pretty trustworthy environment in that. I don't feel like I need to I need to pick and choose in that situation but I also feel like uh, on on the other side though if you're the person that's asking right which which I know you were getting mm-hmm. to There has Mm -hmm. to be a proper etiquette, too. Like, if you're you're coming at somebody and asking them to watch your things, you better only be gone for five minutes is the thing, right? Like, I think this social contract is gonna expire after, like, five minutes, like a Samuel L. Jackson call-type situation. Because I think of scenarios where someone might be like, hey, like, I'm just going to the bathroom, I'm just taking a call right now, I gotta step out, can Mm -hmm, you watch mm -hmm. this? I don't want to be left being responsible for someone else's belongings for longer than 5 minutes. That's that's my only that's my only caveat about this situation.
0: Well, yeah, of course, we think about the anxiety of our laptop being left unattended and we don't want that. But what about the anxiety of the person that now has a second job <laughs> on top of, you know, filling in whatever spreadsheet they were working on? This is a question I had. Would you Give me your laptop. Like, would you place it on my table, or would you just leave it on your table and say, like, keep your eyes? Yeah, I
1: think, I think, I think you, know, you, you got to show trust in this situation. You know, if so, if someone is giving you, you know, if someone is giving you that that five minutes and taking on that task, um, you have to reward them with the trust. So you just leave everything as is on the table, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but but you promise you got to make a promise that, like, hey, I'm gonna be back in five minutes. Listen, situations can happen in the bathroom that can run longer than that. You know, that's also out of your control. <laughs> But, you know, I feel like a five to ten minute buffer is, is the oh, most... He's because- already
0: elevated to ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, now, yeah, yeah. now he's thinking I'm, about I'm a-
1: dropping a deuce and he's like, <laughs> no, a- I can't do that. I can't do that in five <laughs> yeah, yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And, you know, listen, like, I just think this speaks more broadly to on kind of like um, intruding on other people in public type, right? And like when I saw right. this, the first thing that I thought of was, and I don't know if this is the case anymore because I feel like now when you go to movie theaters, it's all assigned seating, right? But back in the mm-hmm. day when it was like the Wild West, you know, it was like first come, first serve. And like a lot of times at like a full like premiere type screening, first weekend, people would be like, hey, I got two friends outside or I got to go use the bathroom. I gotta go grab some popcorn. I just got this premium seat. Like you mind you know saving these two seats for me and if that was the question that was asked I would say that it was not good because like I've never had a good experience when people have been like can you save these seats because now here comes the rush of people coming into the theaters and you have to tell every single person that these seats are taken when they're not even for you and I feel like that's way too much responsibility to put on someone else
0: well I, I agree with that um Alex when I uh Post this question on Twitter just so I can get a poll going and see where people are. And someone responded, Julio DeVia. And, J.D., tell me what you think of this. He wrote, honestly, it's crazy that coffee shops don't have a leave your shit here behind the counter while you go piss area. What (laughs) do you think? Do you think that's workable, (laughs) like a
2: little – like you get a claim ticket or something? I think that that is uh, totally reasonable, and I think that the etiquette, the social contract, the etiquette – should be you should never ask anybody to watch your stuff, Hmm. ever. Oh, so you're packing it up or you're just – I'm packing it up and I'm taking it in with me because it's just way too much pressure. And whatever – if something were to happen, the person you've asked is number one – suspect number one or to just simply to blame. Like, hey, what happened to my stuff? Oh, a guy took it. You know, like – what were what you we supposed to – I'm a 98-pound woman. What, what what did you want me to do? Like tackle somebody? You know, like it's just too much pressure.
1: I, I think JD has a good point. Like there, there, there are all these other scenarios that could go wrong. Like there's a lot of downside – um to to this situation so you know for me i would honestly just have a you know instead of having that counter where people can leave their stuff you know maybe maybe let's just let's just make this more even more complicated for the coffee shops like they should have on hand these five minute contracts that you can sign that you're Mm. responsible for for five minutes you know you hand this contract over to the person next to you but you know at the time that it expires it's (laughs) no longer my responsibility so you're only bounded by that social contract for five minutes yeah
2: I like that. See, I like
0: that. I, I'm not worried about theft. I'm worried about two things. Number one, that person spilling coffee on my laptop. Mm. And <laughs> number two, if I'm watching the laptop, I'm worried that I'm going to be the victim of some kind of like TikTok prank where someone gives me their laptop, they go away. Then someone tries to steal it and I'm like, what do you, you can't take them they're like oh yeah no i'm that guy's friend you know blah blah and then at the end then i keep resisting and then at the end they say haha this was just a test to see how loyal you would be to strangers congratulations <laughs> you passed
1: yeah this is like a like a good samaritan type test you know why don't they put a slot in the in the bathroom like you guys said just bring the laptop there we can put it in some kind of slot while while you know it's you called take a
2: laptop put it on your lap man <laughs> like <laughs> what else are you doing
0: uh all right well before i give you the poll numbers on this one I mean, this will give you an idea of where we are. Uh, John Horn on Twitter replied, this data reflects why our society is crumbling. Trust is at an all-time low because 64% of people say asking a stranger at the coffee shop to watch your stuff is not good. Mm. I mean, that's way higher than I thought. I don't know. JD, if if I were to work at a coffee shop for, let's say not a full work to eight hours, but realistically three, four hours, I'm Mm -hmm. peeing on the hour because I'm drinking so much because yeah. I'm respecting the coffee shop's time and paying them for teas and coffees, and various uh, yes. biscuits
2: and treats and delights. 100%. That's what you should be doing. You should be every hour you should be buying a <laughs> the size of coffee that Alex has in his hand right now.
0: And but that means you're going to pee. I mean, I'm going to pee. I know you're you, probably going to pee, pee more than poo. I do.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, may, may, well, it's coffee. It's a diuretic. That's man. why I wear
0: a diaper cuz I don't trust anyone.
1: Maybe maybe we okay, can go maybe on. we can have some kind of financial incentive in this situation too. Like if you know if you're asking someone to watch your stuff, you know, they, they, they should get they should be financially compensated per minute. Um I also think this speaks to another point too that you guys mentioned. It's like, you know, you guys are right though. It's like a lot of us go to these coffee shops, we'll buy a drink, you know, get a muffin or something, and then we're there for 7 hours. Like, you know, not not to destroy the freelance economy, but I feel like we should be charged by the hour as well for sitting in that coffee shop.
0: (laughs) Uh, All right, let's move on to the next topic. Very simple. Solitaire. Is this good? So I got this idea uh, for this topic from you actually, Alex, because you wrote an article in the National Post titled, An Ode to Solitaire, The Old Game Has Found Modern Meaning. So I was curious before you answer the question, like why, what inspired you to write that article?
1: I was literally, I believe I was, uh, I took a trip to Japan, I want to say. And you know, I was on a really long flight. And I couldn't stop but but notice that there was, like, several people in my aisle just, like, playing Solitaire, whether it was on their iPad or on their phone. And then after that, I started everywhere I went, whether it was on the subway or, you know, just out in public settings. Like, I would just keep noticing every week that there were people just playing Solitaire. Um, and to me, like, Solitaire is such a, such a classic game in terms of if you think of your classic PC games. Like, I think of Solitaire, mm-hmm. Minesweeper. And pinball, right? Like I thought a lot of people growing mm-hmm. up in our generation, remember just pulling that up and, and killing time. Um, so, so, so I just set out to to to, to, to try to find cool stories um, uh, about people who played solitaire, and then like you're reminding me of stories that I've written that I, I don't remember now, which is um, which is kind of wild. So it's cool, but it's like I remember. One of the one of the people in the story, I think, like got into a car accident or something like that, and then like he couldn't go anywhere, and he was in his room, and he would actually use actual cards to play solitaire as a way to kill time. Um, so that was just the premise. The premise, of a lot of my stories, is just comes from something that I noticed, and then I try to see if I can spin it into an actual interesting story.
0: Hmm. Uh, I don't. I don't mean to take us completely off track here, but I remember during the coffee shop topic, you said you never leave your stuff anywhere. You always think it's going to be stolen. I was actually wondering. Let's say. You got your headphones out or your laptop out or an iPad out on an airplane, and then you go to the bathroom.
1: Do you just leave it there? Oh, yeah, yeah, because where are they going to go? They're not going to jump out of the plane with my stuff, you know? So we're in this contained environment.
0: <laughs> if D.B. If Cooper's on the plane, you never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like,
1: you know, if you, if you want to play the odds, you know, I'm going to play my odds there and, and, and just trust everyone there because we are in that condensed environment.
0: It's true, in a way, the, air, the air, uh, airplane is the safest place to leave anything. But I do always think, like, obviously, I'm not worried someone's gonna walk off the plane. But I am worried that if someone takes it, I'm never gonna know who it is. <laughs> right, right, right. when we <laughs> land, like I kick up such a fuss that like security comes on and makes everyone unload their bags. But like so if you could steal something on a plane and get away with it for sure. No, if you're able uh, to pull
1: it off, all respects to you. Like, you know, here, take my laptop. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, you just yeah.
0: you just gotta steal something that's more expensive than the ticket for the Yeah, no no right. no <laughs> right. you
1: you deserve it. If you're able to pull off some DB Cooper shit, like you, you just you deserve it. I just gotta tip my cap to you as I walk off the plane without my, my belongings.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you you're seeing all these people play solitaire and are you thinking like god damn why are these freaks playing solitaire this is so boring <laughs> or are you you know do you have a respect for the game
1: yeah you play the game? yeah I think the challenge for me like I actually out of the three games that I mentioned you know solitaire pinball and minesweeper like solitaire was probably the one that I, yeah I did play the most you know I remember you know interning at a lot of office jobs you know in university and like coming out of school when I was working at office jobs a lot of times you know you're just killing time and you know you're on your computer and like you know you're flipping between internet tabs hoping your boss doesn't see you checking your fantasy team and stuff and then in between you just pull up a game of solitaire and i think one of the things too um you know for me is like you know i think solitaire is good because um broadly i just think um just having something like kind of mindless like mindless exercises in general or Mm -hmm. mindless hobbies is really good um especially because i feel like we live in a society Um, you know what I call kind of like the LinkedIn mindset where everybody's just always trying to like rise and grind and like everything that you do have Mm -hmm. to have a purpose you know you got to be at the gym at six in the morning you know you got to do this and that you got to be so productive every day Um, I think I think we got to swing back the other way and really put more value on just killing time and and and, you know doing stuff that that doesn't have to have some kind of end goal
0: I mean I totally agree with you because I do like doing mindless things, but I, I don't think solitary is mindless enough for me. I don't know if <laughs> that means I'm stupid. Does, does this mean that I'm stupid? I am forty one years old and I still don't understand how Minesweeper works. This this is my experience with Minesweeper when I like when it was on Windows, you know, ninety five or whatever. I would click in a box, it would open like tsh, 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 like a bunch of boxes around it, and I'd be like, Oh, cool, I'm doing good. I'd hit another button, like explode. And I'd be like, I'm sure there is a way for this not to happen a way to play this with some meaning to it but i don't know what that is no it's so and it's too complicated for me to figure it's out. so
1: funny you mentioned that like i used to just pull up minesweeper and same as you just try to randomly click like i was like playing blackjack or something just like yeah that's the odds. all we had alex yeah the and then and then i realized like i did realize that like minesweeper basically is a math problem right like you click on it and it tells you a number and basically the number just means like i think within the uh the 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 box that you click like how many mines there are like actually within the this uh, this square of it this is so hard to describe I hate describing anything like math related but like I like never the, the, the other problem with like these you're right though the other problem with like mindless exercises like they got to be really mindless because even solitaire or minesweeper does require thought um and for me I'm, I'm similar as you Matt like I never had the patience to actually you know play minesweeper properly to the point where I felt like I was I was doing something um, so uh, again, it goes back to I think I think we've gotta really dive deep into like what mindless is because like when I think of mindless, hobbies like for myself like i legit just mean like going on etsy like i love vintage like just browsing vintage for like three hours at the end of the night or going to like my ig explore page and looking at like japanese street style pages and looking for like fashion inspiration that i'm never gonna do because all i do is like wear tees and jeans (laughs) it's like stuff that will have no end goal for me but i feel good that i just wasted two hours doing nothing i think the most mindless exercise for me is just watching poker on tv Anytime there's poker programming on TV, like I can't take my eyes off it Like I don't care who's playing or what hand it is I just love having poker on like poker to me is like poker to me is like like no stakes sports Like you know how when we're like, you know, obviously I'm in the sports space you guys as well It's like sports everybody gets so amped up right playoffs all this stuff must win games to me Poker is just watching people play cards and then that's that's what I love so for me my solitaire is poker So a game that for the people playing it has a ton of stakes but for you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You for just laugh, for laugh, me, it's laugh so mindless. Yeah. They, yeah, I'm, am just a big okay. proponent of like finding yeah. stuff. like not everything that we do has to have some kind of like grand, like end goal. Mm-hmm. We need to we need to distribute our time better. Is what I feel like.
0: That's right. We're being too productive, JD. What would you say <laughs> if, if I said solitaire was something people do to to get out of boredom that is itself boring? Would you agree with
2: that? <laughs> I 100% agree with it. This whole topic is so alien to me because I am I'm older than you guys. I in my high school, people would play solitaire with cards, and I would be like, "What the fuck? What is this? What are you doing?" And I've been, people have tried to teach me, and I'm just like, "This seems like the most pointless exercise." And then I would think it was ten times stupider watching people play solitaire on a screen, like on. You know, Windows ninety five or whatever. I didn't get Alex. My first- that's that's someone that's never won solitaire and had the cards animate where they all. <laughs> yeah,
1: like, I don't know, man. JD sound real shoot, bitter. Shoot, shoot, shoot. Yeah, JD sound real bitter right now. He never got to that end screen, man. That's how. That's how. I've, I I've, never, play- I've
2: <laughs> never played. I've literally never played. Uh, a computer solitaire I've never made it through a game of solitaire so yeah you're right I have never enjoyed the satisfaction of uh, organizing playing cards which is I, what I <laughs> believe a, there's, there's, it is is, the, it is.
1: there's something really? there's something like very peaceful and serene about it I feel like you know once you get yeah. to that point you organize the cards and like Matt mentioned you see all the cards just come all come all out on the on the, on the finish screen like there's like, there's something right. you feel like you accomplished something you feel like right, you accomplished okay. something, well, which, which I guess okay. goes against my point of it being mindless. So I take back everything that I said in the last 10 <laughs> minutes. So. so
0: JD, I'm guessing your kids have not been swept up in solitaire mania. <laughs>
2: Well, not that I know of, it's possible, but I don't think so. I mean, okay. well, it's good to know the next generation has something more interesting to do <laughs> than play. Hey, man, I'm like, uh, just go twiddle your thumbs, go be bored, just daydream. You know, mm-hmm. that's my thing. And Alex, I'm the same as you, except that my my mindless entertainment is home renovation shows. Like, oh, I love that. I can't get enough of them. I just like, and I don't even, I hate literally everybody on them. You know, people shopping for houses, or mm, I don't like this, the kitchen is too small, whatever, uh, but it's just I find it so calming and relaxing and i and I'm just like go into lizard brain and I, uh, and it's just it's just daydreaming, you know no so. that,
1: that, I love that, you know I, I feel like you bring up like TV shows and stuff like that too. you know, I feel like with so many like these streaming services now and all these like wonderful shows that people want to get on, you also don't have to watch not everything you watch has to be good. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think there's some, I think there's something to be said about just watching stuff that people don't respect. That's just for yourself, because like I feel like people too, people too in this like the social media era always want to like curate their like taste level and stuff. You can have a certain taste level, but I feel like you need a little high low, you know, like a little Mm -hmm. prestige TV and then some stuff that you really wouldn't want the public to know.
0: Uh, You heard it here first. Be less productive and watch complete shit that'll rot your brain.
1: Life is meaningless. Yeah. Like, Well,
0: couldn't agree more. That's that'll be our last show. When we finally say that life is completely meaningless, nothing you heard here has any significance at all. Eighty-one uh, percent of people say solitaire is good, so that's yeah, that's pretty go. strong, JD. There wow. we go. You know what? Maybe I should give it another try. Give it another. Don't, don't. It's yeah. you don't need to. The, the time has passed for solitaire. Alex, when people need help navigating life's biggest decisions, when they're lost, confused, at a crossroads, they seek our wise counsel, and we deliver an airtight verdict. It's time to settle this. Reminder, if you need advice or have found yourself in a quandary or a pickle, email us at isthisgoodpod at gmail.com. Tell us what's going on. We're going to help you, just like we're about to help this person. Except today, this person is me. I've never submitted my own Settle This question, but uh, I, I had to because something was on my mind. Um, Alex, are you familiar with the uh, singer-songwriter Taylor Swift?
1: Yes, yes, yes. I am. Uh, okay. You know, I'm, I'm not a Swifty, but, you know, I definitely have some Taylor Swift songs on on my Spotify.
0: Okay. Okay. Burn them to a CD just in case. <laughs> uh, JD, do you think you could name three Taylor Swift songs? Uh,
2: no, I don't.
0: I couldn't. Okay. Well, Okay. Could you name one Taylor Swift
2: song? Yes. Uh, we are, we're never getting back together. Is that the name of the song? Uh, we are never, uh, ever,
0: yeah, ever. Ever, yeah. I don't know if, yes. That's how it goes. I don't know if the name is ever, yeah, ever. Yeah, I have no ever. idea what the name okay, is. Okay, but you named one. Okay,
2: yeah. What about what Shake I mean. It Off? You've heard that at a wedding show. Oh, sure, yeah, right? okay. That's, that's, I didn't know that was Taylor Swift. I've okay. heard that song for, for sure. Uh, okay, Trouble? Nah. Bad Blood? Uh, Sing it, sing that one. No.
0: Bad okay. Blood? Stop. I, I I sang like t- seven Whitney Houston songs on the last show. I know. And everyone loved it. And yeah, people loved it. Someone someone wrote and said they cried. No, they didn't. Um, all right. So Taylor's currently on her sold-out Era's stadium tour. And it hasn't been without controversy. The controversy over Ticketmaster that left Swifties with verified pre-sale codes unable to buy tickets? No. These controversies are much more contentious and frankly, much more important. So the first, settle this question, settle this. Is it inappropriate to twerk at a Taylor Swift concert? So at one of Taylor's recent shows in Arlington, Texas, someone posted a TikTok of a couple, they were sitting near the top of the stadium, they were twerking. My first question is, can a couple twerk? Because every headline I read said, this, you know, the couple was twerking. But all I saw was one woman twerking and a man just standing there right. as a woman rubbed her butt into his crotch. <laughs> I think the men are getting credit for doing really shit all. Uh, so from Insider.com, one user tweeted not the time or place to do that. Also, um, I promise you no Taylor Swift song should require you to dance like that. Another added, she does not have one song where her fans should be dancing like this. Others noted that the twerking was potentially inappropriate for Swift's younger audience members, while TikTok users joked that they would have called security if they were in attendance. Uh, so settle this, Alex. What do you think? Is it okay to twerk at a a, a Taylor Swift concert?
1: Yeah, d- definitive yes for me, man. You know, I oh I, hell yeah. I think, I think when you when you buy a ticket to a concert event, especially because you know we 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 you literally we're literally labeling these fans as Swifties. You know, we we live in an era where we have these you know diehard fan bases of, of pop singers. Like you know, I I'm not sure what people there you know expect. Like like these are the most diehards of fans, and however they want to express themselves um you know the excitement of them being there um I-, I think it's totally fine and i feel like listen like um you know i i don't have a lot of you know dance moves you know not known for that but like i feel like there's a lot of a lot of hating too you know in the article talking about how like there's no taylor swift songs that you can like twerk and dance to mm. like that's a very that's a very subjective thing right like i'm sure i'm sure the swifties uh would would disagree so that that is a hundred percent yes for me i feel like when you go to a concert and and you watch you know your favorite singer you you are allowed to express your enthusiasm as you wish.
0: Well, before we get into the question of if if it's inappropriate, just like you were saying, and just like some of these people, uh, these angry TikTok users are saying, there's not a single Taylor Swift song that should require you or inspire you to twerk. <laughs> so I had to I had to do some independent journalism. I had to get my my Glenn Greenwald on, and and here are the steps that I took for my independent journalism. Number one, I sent the link of this video to my girlfriend. I said, what song is playing as they're twerking? She said, ready for it from reputation. I said, okay, step two to my investigative journalism, (laughs) because as they're twerking in this video, you're hearing the chorus and it is a very like classic, like high gloss pop sheen chorus. So yeah, probably not a great twerking song. But then step two in my uh, journey of independent journalism, I listened to the song on Spotify. <laughs> this song is, like, a banger. Like, it starts with a really distorted bass. And while the chorus might be poppy, the verses are, like, pure, like, hip-hop inspired. I mean, your mileage may vary as to whether you, you know, want to call that hip-hop. Right. But it's, you could absolutely twerk to that song. And that's just one... One song, JD. I don't know yeah. her, her catalog well enough. So, first of all, I would like to say that they're wrong on the facts. Um, but do you think it's inappropriate, JD, to twerk at a Taylor Swift concert?
2: Absolutely not. I agree with Alex 100%. And as the great Madonna Chicone once said, express yourself. Ah, also, Vogue. Vogue? <laughs> yeah. Now, Madonna songs I can name. But I'm older than Dirt. But... Uh, she yeah, and though the amount of money you're spending on these tickets, yeah, Twer- twerking is a legit dance move, is it not? I mean, well, well, that's that's the thing. It's like I'd
0: like to tell people that are scandalized by it or think it's bad. It's like Elvis gyrated his hips in like the fifties, mm. and people thought that was too sexual. And right. guess what? It was sexual. That was the point of it. He was gyrating his hips. When I was a kid, there was a dance. A dance so forbidden, it was called the Forbidden Dance. The Lombada, <laughs> lombada yes. <laughs> if if you don't know what the Lombada is, um, uh, w- Alex, what song is it sampled in the? Yes. Out
2: on the floor. What is that? Is that? I'm, ter- I'm, ter- I'm terrible. I with the it, song
1: titles. Yeah. Is
2: it Florida? No, it might be Pitbull. Ugh.
1: We're gonna have to. I should have we're done some have more independent, independent journalism. journalism. I'm just. Okay. I'm still. I'm still shook. Um, I didn't even know Madonna had a last name. Um, but, um, no, I, just, I, I just feel like, I, no, I just feel like there's just a lot of hating going on right now. Like, like fundamentally, this whole thing is basically telling people to not be excited when they're at a concert. Like, like, I, I actually right. don't understand the premise of that.
0: Okay. Well, let's get further into it with the second, settle this question. Settle this. Is it inappropriate to scream loudly at a concert? Mm. So insider.com, insider.com has all your Taylor Swift controversy news, um, <laughs> The headline says, A TikTok of a Taylor Swift fan screaming at her concert has divided viewers. Critics called the behavior entitled, while others defended it. Uh, So we're about to see TikToker Sophie Bradley, who captioned this video, The last time I saw Taylor on tour, the mom next to us asked if we could calm down because we were scaring her seven-year-old. See you tomorrow, Taylor Swift. I feel bad for whoever is next to me. So let's see how loud this screaming was, J.D. Okay, so when I just read the headline, I was like, okay, how bad could this be? Then I listened to it, I was like, okay, okay. I have to admit, this is very loud. Um, But, I mean, is it inappropriate to, to scream at a concert to show i'm here i'm excited i'm trying to connect with you and the artist is that some is that
1: inappropriate now alex yeah you know once again as a as a somewhat respected journalist like you know i'm gonna I'm a need to do a little you know investigation on this because what we heard was a 10 second clip right so you tell uh-huh. me that this fan that was there You know, was she screaming during, like, the entire two-hour set? Or was she just excited during this portion of the song? Again, it's an expression of enthusiasm. And based on the video that I saw, she is up close, right? This is, we're talking about row one, row two. Again... If you're going to a Taylor Swift concert, and you're going to be in the pit, like, you know, right in front of the stage, I'm not sure what you expect these fans to do. Like, you know, like, this is the diehards of most diehards. So I will say, though, overall, screaming should be allowed, but if this lady was screaming for the whole two-hour set, that's a different thing. But if she was just getting excited for a little bit there, I'm completely fine with that.
0: Uh, JD what do you think about screaming at a show is it appropriate now keep in mind that screaming did stop the Beatles from performing live (laughs) before you answer this question
2: Yeah, it, it, it should be allowed. It should be encouraged. And that, you know, I believe that was in Toronto, that show, the Maple Leaf Gardens show, where they could not hear the band because of screaming. <laughs> um, this is the Beatles I'm talking about. God, of course, you are old. I've, uh, I was there, man. I was <laughs> working weren't. the door. Now, uh, it's uh, – it, but no, that's – the artist wants to hear the how excited you are as a fan, and that particular fan was, as Alex said – so close that Taylor probably heard her, right? So that's even more incentive for her to scream her head off. Now, again, if she's doing it for the entire show, that's a problem. but also for those tickets, what what do you what's that 2500 bucks? I mean, scream your head off, man. Like, well,
0: JD, at tell the bees on TikTok. God, how, how deep did I go into this? <laughs> my deep. My brain is rotting. Now, th- <laughs> this is my like mindless activity. Um, he responded to a video, to that video. And he said, you either go one of two ways, right? You say, I paid my money, so I'm allowed to behave however I want. Or you say, we are living in a society with mutually agreed upon set of norms and mores. You understand that there's an appropriate way to behave when you're surrounded by people who also paid $500, but it's like your level of fun and comfort is superseding everyone else around you. So i don't know two ways to look at it i kind of agree scream all you want that's the whole point of going to a show you got to be a good buttoned up girl in your daily life but when you go to that concert that's your time to <laughs> let go and be carefree and not self-conscious but then our final related settle this question is it inappropriate to sing too loud at a concert i can't can't even believe this would be a question Again, from Insider.com, shout out to Insider.com, doing all the important work. Um, this headline says, A resurfaced TikTok of a Billie Eilish show is contributing to an ongoing debate about concert etiquette, as a fan's enthusiasm drowned out the singer. We're not, we're not going to play this for you, because it's a little kind of hard to hear, unless you're also watching at the same time. But there's a fan that is... Someone's filming Billie Eilish at a concert. And someone next to them that they don't know is singing along. Again, this is a classic. I was like, "How bad could this be?" Then I listened. What What makes it bad to me is not how loud they are, but how um, much they're embellishing. Like, yeah. <laughs> if If Billy Idol is going, "I'm the bad guy," the person there is going, I mean, I'm I'm not really exaggerating that much. Like, they're doing all these kind of kind of trills and like. Uh, sort of overly expressive singing. Um, so, Alex, what do you think about this one? Do you think it's possible for someone to be
1: singing too loud? Yeah, I'm going to have to draw the line on this one, especially after you described it. You know, I think I think singing along and, you know, for for me, you know, as I mentioned, you know, going to a lot of hip-hop shows, you know, kind of rapping along to, to you know, the shows and stuff, I think that's part of the experience, right? Um, mm-hmm. But... If you are saying that that you know the, the the person you know in question that is singing is is trying to become the main character of the show, um, and mm-hmm. kind of overcoming the actual artist, and then, then I will have to draw the line. And it's so funny, like when I when I saw you know, when I saw this topic, you know, I was trying to think of like oh the last like. Three concerts, last couple concerts that I've been to, and the list is so funny. I went to a Cameron show right before the pandemic, and then it was a Wu Tang Uh and Nas show, and then recently I watched the Jizza from Wu Tang, and I was able to watch them play chess uh, in the in the VIP room in the back with like people, which was like, again, I'm just I'm just trying to make sure people know that I'm old, um, and I'm stuck (laughs) in a particular era, but I thought of that Cameron show because we were there, my my buddy and I, we're a little bit older. And we were there with um, hanging out with a bunch of these young younger kids, right? Who obviously did not grow up with Cameron with Dipset and all that music. And when Cameron came out and did all his hits, me and my buddy were just rapping to every song, you know, just having a blast. And I remember the kids next to, <laughs> next to me pointing at us and be like, "Yo." Holy shit, these guys were alive when these songs came out. And I had never felt so old in my life. But all that all that to say, if you're like shut up, shut up, kids. (laughs) I don't I don't want to miss a single oh boy in Oh boy. (laughs) The problem with rapping along to like uh, I mean Cameron especially too is like there's so many inappropriate (laughs) lyrics where you just gotta like take a step back once in a while type. (laughs) But like but like all that is to say that is literally like the joy of being at these shows right like when you hear a song that like you've loved growing up or you know you hear an artist but like so i'm drawing the line though. i'm drawing the line like don't be excessive about it you know let's make it kind of a communal experience and and that's where I, uh-huh. that's where it's appropriate for me
0: okay so if, if i'm keeping score we've settled that you could scream loudly at a concert uh you can not sing along at a concert Mm-hmm. And how somehow I already forgot the first... Oh, yes, you can twerk. Twerk away.
2: Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, Billie Eilish sings a little too quiet. Oh, so God. you G-D- can't... J.D., you know, be... we, 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 we can't get these people upset at us. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're going to have to edit that up. <laughs> I'm saying that she's a quiet singer. So as a Billie Eilish fan, you should know not to sing along with Billie Eilish. That's all. Oh, okay. Right, right. You're saying out of respect for her, for the craft. Yeah, yeah she sings too quiet for us to be uh belting out diva like along with bad bad is it bad boy bad man it's it's definitely not it's definitely bad guy but bad guy uh, that's it (laughs) i'm
0: glad you're i'm glad you're such a fan Uh, all right alex it's time for the is this good segment where everything is bad now this one's for the patreon sickos only the pee hounds to subscribe (laughs) to patreon go to patreon.com slash is this good and you too can hear the full episode it's time to pick your poison Shout out to the P Hounds to subscribe to Patreon. <laughs> Go to patreoncom good. and you too can hear the full episode. Uh, you can you can hear about typewriters and sending nudes and Martin Shkreli and try to figure out without hearing it what those three things have in common. You never will until you subscribe. <laughs> All right, Alex, there's only one thing left to do, and that's play subjective trivia. <laughs> The subjective trivia is just like regular trivia, except only I know the answer. Um, so, as we said earlier, Taylor Swift's on her Eras tour, and people say, industry insiders say, that when it's all said and done, it will very likely be in the top five highest grossing tours of all time. But it's not there yet. So, J.D., if you could put up what the current top five highest grossing tours are, um, I'll take you through them quickly. At number one, so we're going from most to least... Elton John's Farewell Yellow Brick Road Tour. This was from 2018. Uh, number two, Ed Sheeran's Divide Tour, 2017. At number three, U2's 360 Tour. This was started in 2009. And number four, Guns N' Roses Not In This Lifetime Tour. That's uh, from 2016. And a number five, The Rolling Stones' A Bigger Bang Tour. Uh, that was from 2005. So these are all pretty recent. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, Taylor is probably—I think people say—gonna um, surpass the Stones, I believe. Um, so the question is, which of these would be the best show? And before you answer, out of curiosity,
1: did anyone go to any of these tours? Yeah. So it's funny—I actually did go to the go to an Elton John wow. show. Yeah. So I I probably saw this tour um, when we came around in Toronto. This would have been before the before the pandemic um but i'm not familiar to i mean i know all these people but i'm not i don't really listen to ed sheeran guns and roses mm-hmm. not very familiar with their work mm-hmm. rolling stones as well uh you two have running joke growing up i always confuse u two and oasis but i've been able to to make the classification of their songs now but yeah elton john is the one out of these five that i've that, 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 that actually yeah i actually went to this tour
0: Okay. First of all, you would hate Guns N' Roses because uh, Use Your Illusion was on two CDs. Okay, so you have to keep swapping. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh man, man. the <laughs> double uh, disc. Oh man, a double, double disc. Uh, so you're going Elton John. Uh, that's that's. Int- I was curious if anyone had been to any of these. You have. So obviously, that's where your your bias lies. JD, what do you think? Looking at these five.
2: I have not been to any of these shows. Lincoln mm-hmm. did go to the Atlanta show of the Elton John mm-hmm. uh, show recently. Uh, uh, yeah like a couple of months ago um said it was the best show he'd ever seen wow he's 16 but still um i'm very very comp- confident that your answer is elton john i would go to all of these to be honest um i'm not a big student like a big uh, arena guy i like uh, smaller venues so um and I also like paying under two hundred dollars for shows that I'm seeing.
1: Mm-hmm. So but, you're never uh, going to a show again. Yeah, yeah, it was good <laughs> yeah to basically, yeah,
2: yeah. I, I've
0: come to terms with that. <laughs> Maybe you could sell that typewriter to get some pocket change. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think I think you're going Elton John. Okay, so let me. I mean, just going through these, I've never seen Guns N' Roses or Ed Sheeran live. Uh, no, not that I have any interest in seeing Ed Sheeran live. I saw the Rolling Stones at stock. Shout out to stock wow. in Toronto. <laughs> oh I saw God. you two in, uh, <laughs> in an arena at uh, on their Elevation tour. So they, that was my second choice. I, they are still younger than, well, certainly the Rolling Stones and Elton John. Yeah. I think they're going to give it a little more oomph, a little more juice. Mm-hmm. But I did not go with you two. The correct answer is, and you both got it right. Yes, Alan Jones. Yes, because it is his, his last tour, but just beyond that, like a deep, deep catalog with ton of amazing songs somehow makes sitting down behind a piano exciting. And I mm-hmm. saw, um, I forget which streaming service was showing one of his concerts at the, um, at Dodger stadium. Cause I think, you know, the, the his concert it, in Dodger stadium, I don't know if it was seventies or eighties, but it was, a, you know, one of his huge shows. Um, so they broadcast that one, and yeah, like I said, it's it's the farewell tour. Though, is it? Is it? Is it Elton? You better not be lying, or else <laughs> I'm gonna go in and edit this out, and I'm gonna say you too. Okay, that's the threat that I'm giving you. Um, all right, well, that was subjective trivia. That's the show. Alex, thanks for coming on. Where can people find you? Where can people read you? Where can people buy your books?
1: Yeah, yeah, just uh, you know, follow me on Twitter, Stephen underscore Lebron, on IG is Stephen Lebron. Uh, make sure you subscribe to The Raptor Show with Will Lou. You know, Will and I are on that um, You know all throughout the season, during the off-season. And, you know, if you're looking for prehistoric, I believe if you look up prehistoric at these book sites, Amazon, and all these places, it's already up for pre-order. But um, look for the promo tour um, across every single podcast, <laughs> including all the ones that the two of you are involved in coming in October. And I just want to say thanks again um, to both of you for, for having me on.
0: Oh, no problem it's our pleasure and And if you are looking for prehistoric and you can't find it, just look for the book cover that is so bad that you cannot <laughs> believe that it was even printed and, and I just shoot straight down. I've seen it. I've actually seen the cover, and i I've seen that person's work um just, just actually from looking it up from your stuff, uh, Alex, and it, it looks super cool. So definitely check that out when it comes out. If you have topics, tune in to me at Starters Matt. Email us at isthisgoodpod at gmail.com. Remember to, remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on YouTube. Thanks for listening. Thanks to JD. Thanks to Alex. Thanks in advance for leaving a five-star review. For everyone, I'm Matt Austin, and this was good. We'll see you next week.